Thank you guys. Welcome. I am so excited to be here with you guys today, and today we are in between series, and I'm excited about today's content because um, we get to celebrate this, what God has done at Brentwood in the year 2014. Um, Before we begin, though, I want to just um, pray and invite God's Spirit just to come and be a part of this. Why don't you join me in that? Father, I just um, thank you for this morning. God, we ask for your tangible presence, God, that people will feel your presence in this room right now. God, for those people who are far from you, God, I pray that they experience you today like they never have before. God, we invite you. We thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to gather as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those of you who are new to Brentwood and or maybe never been in a church at all, um, I want to give you a little bit of... um, Let me get this before it flies off. Hang on one second. Okay. There we go. I don't want it to fly everywhere. Um, So uh, before we begin, I just want to give you some content that will help help you appreciate uh, what we're talking about today. Um, At the beginning of every new year, we um, start our year off with um, a practice called fasting and praying. And I'll tell you what uh, fasting is. Um, fasting is to refrain from food for spiritual purposes. And that is like crazy talk in America, right? Because food is everything. Food is everywhere. Food is on commercials. Food is everywhere you drive. There's food. And um, there's food indulgence. And there's also um, those who um, have eating disorders or diets and that sort of thing. But I'm going to tell you that fasting is not about dieting. Or disorder, it is about breakthrough. It is about a spiritual breakthrough. And in the year 2013, we launched for the first time um, our, corporately our church to fast. And since then, we have seen amazing breakthrough. We have seen people um, healed of um, diseases. We have seen um, addictions broken. We've seen miracles happen in life circumstances. And we've also seen miracles happen within relationships. But not only that, we've seen an awakening happen here at Brentwood Church. But I want to throw out a disclaimer. Um, Fasting is is not something that will get us closer to God, or it will get us closer to God. Let me re-say that one more time. It, it It won't earn us God's love. God will always love you, no matter what. It won't earn us God's love, and it won't actually save your soul either. That can only come through Jesus Christ alone. And so that's a really important thing to know, that, that you can go the rest of your life and not fast, and you will still be in God's kingdom one day if you know and love Jesus Christ and you've accepted him. But I want to tell you um, what fasting does do. We, um, when, the body, when the body goes through a fasting process, it, it purges um, the toxins that are in your body. It gives your system a rest from, from working, your body working. But also with your soul, um, it, does, it revitalizes your soul. It allows you to become aware of what's going on around you. It makes you more sensitive to God's presence and what he is doing around you. Um, So the two things that it does, it detoxes your body and it gives you clarity. That's what fasting can do for you. I want to share with you my story. So I um, love, love, love food, okay? So fasting has never been in my vocabulary um, until what I'm getting ready to tell you. So 
Love, love, love food. And in the fall of 2012, we go on vacation. And I, I see vacation as like permission to eat whatever you want. You know, that's what vacation means. And so we're on vacation together as a family. And if you know anything about my husband, he um, likes to read, um, pull books off the shelf and read whatever he finds that's laying around. And he finds this book on biblical fasting. And he begins to read it. And I'm realizing, like, we're going to the shrimp shack, and he's not eating. We go to Krispy Kreme, and those who know my husband, Krispy Kreme is, like, the top of the list. And he's not eating Krispy Kreme donuts. And I'm thinking, he's crazy. So he's kind of been, he started testing this out on vacation, which I think is the craziest thing. So we come, we start heading back on our trip. And he goes, Tammy, I just want to challenge the two of us to do a three-day fasting journey And I want you to read this book. So the second thing to know about me is that I don't, I don't like to read. Okay. And I know leaders are readers, right? And I want to be a leader, but that's just one of the, that's just something that is very hard for me. And so he's giving me a book to read about not eating. So it's like the worst combination for me, but I trust his leadership and I do want to follow what I feel like God's leading him. So I started taking this journey and I didn't eat for two days. Okay. So he comes to me and I prayed a little bit too, you know, but I didn't really understand fasting at this point. So I didn't eat for two days and we come to the third day and he goes, how's the book? Have you, have you read the book? And I'm like, I haven't even started. So I'll start today. And let me tell you something. I read that whole book in one day and I was so proud of myself because I'm not a reader, but it's really short anyway. Um, That's a little side note. But it's really small and really short. But I read the whole thing. And there comes to this part in it where it was talking about Jesus fasting for 40 days and 40 nights before he ever launched into ministry. And I've always felt stuck with, I know that I love God. I know that God has a great plan for me. But I've up until this point, I had felt stuck. And I wanted God to release something powerful in me. And as I'm reading that, I'm going, I am beginning to feel God call me to a 40 day fast. Okay. And so I sit there and I, I want to be obedient to God, but I'm thinking, God, you don't understand. You don't know me. Like I really love food. This is, this is just crazy talk. Like, so I, um, I really felt the Lord telling me that this is what I was supposed to do. And um, I felt him asking two very specific things that I was supposed to pray for. One, my spiritual breakthrough. I wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus, but I did not know how to become that. I wanted to be able to read God's word and love reading it and understand it more. I wanted to, to go to a different place spiritually. The second thing is I felt like I was called to pray for this church. And pray for the spiritual awakening of the hearts of the people of this church. And so I decide not to tell anybody because what if I wanted to back out, then I would be held accountable. So I waited a couple days and finally told John and um, I start mapping out the next 37 days. Okay. Cause it was extension from the three days and I was going another 37 days and I start mapping it out. And I'm on the calendar and I'd already committed to God that I was going to do this. So I wasn't going to back out, but I was, I was a little nervous because I had two dinner parties that I was cooking for 30 plus people. And I love to cook and I love to minister that way. But 
cooking really nice food and not being able to eat it, I knew it was going to be a struggle. Also, we had planned a four-day time away with our, just our immediate family. And when we go on vacation, like we don't visit museums. We visit restaurants and really nice, not really nice restaurants, but then the restaurants that we love. Okay. So these just trying different foods and burger places out. We love that. And I knew that that's what my family was probably going to do when we were away. So I had to soak that in. And last but not least, it landed over Thanksgiving day. And so I'm thinking, I'm not going to be able to eat with my family. Does God even know or understand what he's asking me to sacrifice? But he did. He did. And I really felt like it was a test for me. And I um, made that commitment, did the 40 days. And I'm going to tell you, midway through, God put these new glasses on me and, and this new vision. And I began to see things completely different. It was almost like an outer body experience where I began to see things that I had never seen in other people. I was able to pray and intercede for other people like I had never been able to before. God showed me um, things about myself and things that he was asking me to give up and purge from my life. But also he allowed me just to open up the window of his word too in that time. And I was able to really understand and get, just grasp what he had for me. So by day 39, I was so addicted to what God had done during these 40 days that I didn't want to give it up. I knew that it was time that it was over. But I want you to hear that it was the most amazing experience. Now, I'm going to tell you it was the hardest experience I've ever had in my life as well. It was not easy to not eat, especially someone who turns to food when, to make me happy, turn to food when, when I'm sad. Like that's, that's my thing. And, um, along with other things that God has revealed to me as well. But that was one that, that, that God just really showed my addiction to something other than him. And the fast really changed my life. But I want to say this before I go any further. Um, fasting is not a primary spiritual discipline like prayer is. Okay, but if, if, you know, in the American church right now, fasting is, is not common. It's not something that most churches do. And, but at the same time, when we look through scripture, we see repeatedly these, these um, figures um, that we look up to, that they have fasted and they prayed, specifically Jesus, before the start of his ministry. And so we know at Brentwood that that is and a very important part. And we believe that that, because since 2013, it has changed the DNA of this church. We believe that it is a vital spiritual growth pathway at this church. And I believe the same thing for you. I believe that God has something great for you. I believe that God can transform your life through fasting. But you know what? Truthfully, again, you're going to still go to heaven and you're still going to inherit the kingdom of heaven and be forever with God if you never fast a day in your life. So you ask, why, why, why do you fast? Fasting confronts our greatest idol, appetite, and compels us to pray instead of eat. So think about it in a, food, uh, a culture it's with food indulgences um, and dieting and disorders like what if we actually put food in its proper place and it became sustenance and not something that was poison or indulgent? What if we took a season of our life 
a season of prayer to fast and pray for things that you want to see God do in your life in 2015? What if we prayed for God to take our church to new and deeper levels through this fast? The Bible says that we will experience God when we do this. So I want to turn um, in scripture and um, we're going to be talking about, you know, King Solomon. And um, you can, there's many, many different stories about fasting in the Bible, but this is one that's often overlooked. King Solomon was um, the wisest man to ever live. So whatever he was doing, like sign me up, right? I want to, I want to do whatever he's doing, but Here's some interesting facts about him. Um, the Jew, Jewish tradition puts him at age, between the age of 12 and 14, when he became king of Israel. Hello, that is like middle school boy. <laughs> and y'all can imagine middle school boy. That's, that's how old he was. But God saw something very different in him. And that is why he placed him in this. And Solomon has this experience with God that is very definitive that happens in, in it and it and it re, it directs the success of his ministry in fact over um he had over 40 years of being king of israel and it was known historically as some of the most prosperous and peaceful times in that nation so let's look in second chronicles 1 7 it says that night god appeared to solomon and said to him Ask for whatever you want me to give you. I cannot imagine offering to a middle school boy, I'll give you whatever you want. Can you imagine? Like, I would think they would say, like, I want a hot girlfriend, or I want, like, something, I don't know what they did back then. Like, I I would say Xbox or something. I don't know. Um, But middle school boys are a whole breed of their own. But I can't imagine God putting this out there in front of him and saying this. And we think that it looks like a blank check, doesn't it? Like, Solomon can ask for whatever. But this is truly a test of the heart. It's a test of Solomon's heart. And I'm curious if God gave us that same test and said, Brentwood Church, or put your name in the place, in that place, I'll give you whatever you want. What do you think would be revealed of your priorities and your hopes and your dreams? Think about that as we continue. On verse 8, it says, Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promises to my father, David, be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are numerous as the dust of the earth. Solomon sets up his request by recognizing what God has done in his dad's life and and what he's promised, what, what God has promised in the provision that he had over his father. But he also recognizes that he would not be king of Israel if it weren't for his father. And he also later on goes on to um, talk about how when he, he built this temple and the reason why he was able to build that temple was because his father, David, had collected all of the materials in order to do that. And so I want you guys to, if y'all have pen and paper, I want you to write this down. Celebrate past contributors and wins. We believe that it's so important here at Brentwood that we remember the past and what God has done through the people before us what sacrifices people have made before us 
um, John and I, when we recollect on, on why Brentwood exists, it's because there were four retired ladies, and I think it was back in 1998, over 15 years ago, um, that made a courageous decision to relaunch a dying church. They could have continued doing the things that they've always done, but they, they made a very um, decisive decision that they wanted to reach their grandchildren. And not only because of their sacrifice, but because of numerous people since then who have given their time and their money and their, and their service and their sacrifice. And the sacrifice that you're making today, I think about that video about the kids and the sacrifices that you're going to make at the Christmas offering, man, that is going to propel our family ministries to a whole other place. That's going to propel our mosaic ministry to another place. The sacrifices that you make now are going to take effect and have a very impactful um, thing on our church in 2015 and the years to come. Um, so right now, I want to celebrate, um, and I want you to celebrate with me, um, some of the wins of 2014. We're going to look at those. Um, this past year, um, we named this last year the Year of Expansion. Now, Year of Expansion did not mean that we were going to um, necessarily grow with um, real estate growth. But what we said is we wanted to expand in, in our influence in people and in this church. And so let me go through those. Um, the first one is, and we want, I want us to clap for this first one because it is a big deal. I think it's the biggest deal of all of them is that we have had, we have baptized 56 people this year. We have had over 200 people enter group life. We've had a record attendance of 178 at Collide. We have begun our transition ministry, which is to minister to those families with children that have special needs. Um, we also launched our Bridge Six um, ministry, and that is for our um, rising sixth graders. And sometimes, those, remember the middle school thing? Sometimes those rising sixth graders kind of get lost in the sauce and, and maybe even disconnected from the church. And Bridge Six has really helped them launch um, successfully into Clyde this last year. We've had a 50% increase in trips with our global trips, and we've had 65% increase in participation. And then last but not least, Mosaic has delivered over 150, 130 meals to our foster families, and we have delivered over 100 meals to um, our foster children in our community. That is outside of our church. And we have seen um, three children adopted within our Brentwood community. So let's give that up. God has done some amazing things, and we are here to celebrate that. So back to Solomon. When God told him to ask for anything, what did he ask for? In verse 10, it says, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? It's amazing that he asked for wisdom and knowledge. Love that that boy did that. He was a boy at that time. So Solomon asked for wisdom to lead the nation. Once again, this seemed like a blank check, but it wasn't. It was a test of the heart. In fact, Jewish tradition teaches that Solomon immediately launched into a 40-day fast. Um, This is from the 1906 Jewish Encyclopedia. It says, Solomon is particularly extolled by the rabbis for having asked in his dream nothing besides wisdom. Solomon's wisdom was even superior to that of his father. Solomon passed 40 days in fasting so that God might bestow upon him the spirit of wisdom. 
There were other times in Solomon's life that he had fasted um, for 40 days. Um, for example, the Hebrew initials M-E-M appear in the opening words of Proverbs 1.1. So he fasted while he was, re- while he was writing part of the Proverbs. Um, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instructions. And that is Proverbs 1 and verse 1 and 2. In Hebrew tradition, these initials indicate that Solomon fasted for 40 days to attain Torah wisdom, like Moses. And Moses also fasted for 40 days. So what does that mean? It means that fasting and prayer was connected to Solomon's request for wisdom and breakthrough. Think about it. The two biggest moments in Solomon's life where he became king of Israel, and he also wrote part of the book of Proverbs that we read today, he fasted and prayed before that. That is so big. And I know that God can do some great things if we as a body begin that process as well. Um, Write this down. Fast and pray seasonally. Think about it. If the wisest man fasted, then shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be fasting over the things that God has for us? Like, I would, I want what Solomon had. And so I, 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 I believe that this t- sacrificing your appetite um, for spiritual purposes is life transforming. Right now, I want to read an email that John received from Aaron Mason. And Aaron Mason's been going to our church for probably seven or eight years, but he's been in the Shadowlands probably, um, is, is how he would probably describe it. And um, I had the privilege to go on a trip to Guatemala with um, Aaron. And I saw. It was like God had, was watering this, this beautiful flower, and all of a sudden it just blew up and, and grew into this beautiful flower. And um, I know that's hard to describe a man as, but anyway, it was just this beautiful thing to watch him on this trip and, and how God used him on this trip. But, um, so I was able to see firsthand, but here's what he wrote in an email. As we approach the end of this year, I wanted to share the huge impact that the 21-day fast had on my um, life in 2014 and how much I look forward to participating again in January. In the past, I had entered a fast hoping that God would just reveal something to me, and although that may work for some people, for me, it was not enough to compete with hunger. So I spent some time in prayer asking God to give me direction. Over the next few days, um, he showed me that I had been acting like a Christian for a long time, but not actively following him. I knew um, how to say the right things and pray the right prayers, but when it came down to it, I was a self-centered hypocrite. Over the course of the fast, God woke up something inside of me that has been asleep for most of my life. I grew up in in an average Christian home, and although I had my ups and downs, I thought I was on the right track. But the reality was I had become complacent, stale, and satisfied with good enough. God revealed to me that I needed to be intentional about guarding my heart and mind from all the world would like to bombard me with and the subtle ways that I had become desensitized. He showed me that I had allowed many distractions to become between me and the person I could become if my focus was consumed with only him. I was able to begin replacing my worldly desires, shallow aspirations, and selfish motives with a God's love to others. I'm sorry, selfish motives with a renewed love for God and my family. I've had a newfound freedom and desire for my life to be a reflection of God's love to others. 
I believe that 2014 has been the best year of my life, and it began with a time of intentional discipline and focus, giving up one tangible pleasure, food, and finding new pleasure in God's presence. I think Aaron's story is pretty powerful, and I think it can identify with many of us in this room that we try to live just good enough. Um, But let's flash forward about 10 years to when King Solomon had completed the first temple of Israel, one of the great wonders of the historical world. Once again, God appeared to him at night and promised him this. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. From a church, did y'all catch that? Humble, pray, seek, turn. He'll heal the land. God wants Solomon um, to help Israel become free of their strongholds. And a lot of, the, of Israel's strongholds were false gods and idols. But you know and I know that that's not necessarily what our strongholds are. Our strongholds may be um, sexual addiction. It may be holding on to a past grudge, a, a pain that someone else caused you. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's manipulation. I know that um, sin cycles um, don't always, they're not always revealed to everybody. They're not obvious to everybody. I think there was a long time that I lived thinking that because I didn't do this or I didn't do that, that I was okay. But, but I realized that I had the same ugliness inside of me. And that was manipulation and passive aggressive and, and things like that. Ways that I treated my family and ways that I treated people that I realized God wanted to say, that's a stronghold and I want you to end that. And so you may have a different thing, a different stronghold. And I know you know what that is that may have a grip on you. But I know that God wants to free that from you today. God continues to um, instruct Solomon Verse 15, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. God promises Solomon that he has nothing to fear as he rules over Israel because God's eyes and ears will always be there. And he's asking him to be free of the strongholds. I will always be there. If you are free from your strongholds. The Apostle Paul asked this of Christians. Romans 8.31 If God is for us, then who is against us? Remember, church, if, if God is for you, then we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear when we can walk boldly into what he calls and asks of you. Write this down. Live free and fearless. Free of the strongholds and fearless of the great endeavors and the challenges that God puts in your way. I'm excited to announce that the theme of 2015 is live free and fearless. We are going to pray as a, as a body that God releases strongholds so that you, I know that God has something great for you guys. I know that he wants you to live free. And I know that many of us are, are chained down by what the enemy wants to tell us and what he wants to show us and and what, what he wants us to believe about ourselves. 
Today, we have looked back and we have celebrated the past, but we've also relearned the power of fasting and how to live free and fearless in 2015. So this morning, I believe that there are some of you out there that there is something that is gripping you. There is something that has its hold on you. I spoke to someone in first service, and it was the lies that she grew up believing. There was past wounds of somebody who hurt her, who, who, who she was a victim of. And she is believing lies. And that is a stronghold that she has in her life. And I know that some of you out there, it may be sexual addiction. It may be something that you've, only, you've just put on yourself. But whatever it is, I believe that God wants to free you this morning. He doesn't want us to live in that. He doesn't want to live, us to live in those, in, in those strongholds. And I have something just super, super simple. The other day, I realized that I kept going through the drive-thru at Joe Bean's over and over and over. And I realized, oh my goodness, this has become an addiction. This has been something that I need and I want and I can't do without. And I knew that that even small thing that I needed to give up was something that was going to allow me to have... It was. Giving that up and sacrificing that was going to allow me to give and do financially something different than what I could have done. And I know that God had better plans for my money and for that addiction and for that time. And I know that there are different things, guys, that I just don't want us to go through life and and just think that we are okay and we're good enough. God is always calling us. He should always be calling you to a deeper level and to release those strongholds that, 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 that is, that's got a grip on you. But maybe you are someone who doesn't even, you've been in church your whole life, or maybe this is your first Sunday, but you have never received the gospel. You've never received Jesus into your life. And this morning, I want to tell you that it is the best decision you could ever make in your life it is, it is not an easy road, but it is a life of freedom. God wants to give freedom out today, and it's free. It's free. He offers that so freely to you. So I want to encourage those of you who have not begun a relationship with Jesus Christ or have lived in a good enough scenario to get past that, to move past that, and to come And you can come here or you can kneel at your seat and you can give your life to Jesus. Or maybe if you know Jesus and that thing is just holding you back from really knowing him, give that up today. I want us to live free today. As we walk into the 2015 and we walk into that fast and we walk in to what God has for not only our church, but for you individually, You are his son and daughter. You are son and daughter of the king. He has great plans for you. And I want you to believe that today. I want you to believe that he has great plans for you. So today, let's give up those strongholds that are holding us back, that chain us down.
to living a life that's free. And I guarantee you, when you are free, you are going to be fearless to do that thing that God calls you to do that is so stinking hard that you wouldn't even imagine yourself doing otherwise. That was my 40-day fast. I couldn't imagine not eating for 40 days. But God sustained me, and God can sustain you on those things that he calls you to do, that he wants you to walk fearlessly in. So today, I want to pray, and I want to invite you to respond. We have our response stations. You can pray for other people. You can write down confessions. You can write down people that you're praying for in your prayers of your, of your heart. But today, let's respond. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now. In the name of Jesus, that the chains will be broken from the people in this room that are that are held bondage because of the enemy, where the enemy wants to keep them placed and set back and, and, and useless for God's kingdom. God, I pray that you you break those chains today. God, that they're that the stronghold of 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 just image, God, for a woman who's struggling with her. her image, God. I pray that you release that right now. God, I pray for the man who's struggling with leading his home. God, I pray that you will break those chains. And God, for the person who does not know you and wants to know you for the first time, God, I pray that you give them strength to step into something that takes faith. God, you are my king. You are my Lord. And I pray that you will do something absolutely incredible in this body of believers this coming year. God, I know you have great plans for this church. I know that you have great plans for us to go out and be missional, God, to to reach our friends and our family. But God, allow us to not be held back because of the strongholds that the enemy wants to tell us. God, set us free and allow us to be fearless. In Jesus' name, amen.